you feel like you may be going through the darkest season of your life and you feel like nothing's going your way and you're like, why is circumstances like this happening and nothing just seems like it's going right? That was a, that was a time in my life. And it was a really, really dark season. And he just said, just praise me. And so I did, that's what I did. I began to praise him. I said, God, no matter what's going on in my life, I don't understand why some stuff's happening. I don't understand that, I don't get it. But I'm just gonna praise you, no matter what, because you're good. You're always good. You're always good, no matter what's going on in my life, you're always good. And so I began, and I began to see that mountain in my life begin to move as I begin to praise him because he's that much greater. He's an on-time God and he's always faithful. And so if you're just if you're going through something, just praise him. Just praise him and watch him move. God is so faithful. I can attest to that time and time again. He's so faithful. And the song says, "May your praise ever be on my lips." That's what my that's what my prayer is. Is for his praise to ever be on my lips. Amen. Just worship with us.
came in here tonight with I don't know what kind of needs you might have no idea what's going on in your family but I know that when God has you and that means you can completely lay it down and trust you know when I was a young kid my parents man I didn't learn till later on that they were not superheroes 
I just knew my parents, my dad could do anything. If the thunder and the lightning was raging outside, as long as my dad was home, I didn't care. If I was, if it was dark and I was afraid of the dark, if my mom walked in the room, I'd be like, I'm okay. Mom's here. I tell you something. As little kids, we learn to trust our fathers and our mothers. I want to know, is there anybody in here who's learned to trust their heavenly father? The creator of the whole world and if he can do that if he can make a beautiful starry night if he can take all of this universe and put it in the palm of his hand and make the season so beautiful for you and I to celebrate as we look to spring and we're so excited if he can do all of that then how many of you know he can take care of you how many of you know it he can take care of you I want you right where you are with your eyes closed. I know I asked you to do that a moment ago. We're going to pray right here, right now, for every need in this house. Father, as we come before you, Lord, I pray for the folks that are going through crisis in their life or tragedy. Lord, in, in a room this size with this many people, there's any number of needs. You said in your word to cast all of our care on you because you care for us. And so, Lord, we do that right now. We follow what's in your word. We ask you to take every burden, to take every heartbreak, to take that part of us that's just sick in body, whether it's physically or because we've been going through a tragedy or a trial in our life. God, there might be somebody in here who's thinking, you know, this is just life. This is just the way I got to live life and I got to get used to it and just get over it. But Lord, you're dropping something down inside of them right now that lets them know with faith, they can even trust you with that. The worst, most impossible situations that they deal with in their life. Lord, you can bring peace. You can bring resolve. And you can set them free. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ for every need represented in this place. That you will touch and minister tonight in a way that when they leave this house, they will, they will say to themselves, wow, I don't know what and I don't know how. But I trust. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to lay my burdens down. And I pray that tonight in the name that we've come gathered in tonight. In the name of Jesus. And everybody agreed with me and said amen. Amen. Now listen, we're going to change up the order a little bit. You guys sang a song. Do you enjoy this band? Isn't this mixed band awesome? Let me ask you something. Do you guys have a name yet? No name? So there's a contest starting tonight on, on the name of this band. And so you put your ideas out there and uh, we'll let them decide. But for right now, didn't they sound fantastic? I mean, they sounded great. Why don't you, Alyssa, why don't you take just a minute and introduce everybody? Okay. Well, this is a wonderful team that God has completely orchestrated together. It's all him. Um, we've prayed about it for many months, and God has brought each and every person on this team, and I'm so thankful. It's a wonderful group of people, and I love them. Um, to the left is Tyler. <laughs> this is Brittany. Brittany and Tyler are husband and wife. This is Tasha. Wait, wait, wait. You, you, oh, le you left I out. I little Zachariah. Zachariah. Little baby. <laughs> You've got Zachariah Coming right soon. there. <laughs> this is Tasha. Um, Kirk is on the guitar. Back here, 
Um, on, the, on the electric guitar is Daryl, and on the bass is Sam. They are also husband and wife. And then on the percussion is my little brother, Kyle. <laughs> and then on the drums is my husband, Brad. <laughs> in the fish tank. Yes, in the fish tank. And I'm Alyssa. All right, amen. Well, you sang a song earlier, and I'm just going to pick one that I liked really well. I like them all. But that whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you know what that one was? What's it called? Ever Be. I really like that. I want you to get ready to do that again, because we're going to ask you to do something right here. We've got offering plates all across the front here tonight. And so rather than you sitting in a, in a formal seat and someone coming by, and we're just going to bring our offering to the Lord. Is that okay? Can we do that? I want them to sing again, and as they do, I just want you to pull your offering out. Whatever you have brought to God's house to give, then I, then I want to encourage you to give that. So we're going to do that right now. Then, while you're doing that, then I want you to turn around and shake about 10 hands on your way back to your seat. Find a place to be tonight as we continue with the service. All right? Let's go. Let's hear from, let's hear from the no-name band again. <laughs> Yeah. 
Tonight, we're talking about masterpiece. I don't know if any of you have ever been privileged to, to go to some great, awesome, classic museums. Has anybody ever been to an art museum before? Let me see. Oh, lots of you. Lots of cultural classic people here today. Well, listen to this classic. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but I don't love. I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, that I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, or what I believe, or what I do, I'm completely bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for itself. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head. Love isn't always me first. Love doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others and it doesn't revel when others grovel. Take pleasure in the flowering of truth. Puts up with anything. Love always trusts God. It always looks for the best. Never looks back, but it keeps going to the very end. Love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limits. We now know and only a portion of truth. And what we say about God is always incomplete. But when that which is perfect comes, our incompletes will all be canceled. Love never fails. Isn't that beautiful? That is an amazing, beautiful love story written by God himself. I was able to visit 
a wonderful museum. You might have heard of it. It's in Paris, France, the Louvre. And if you're from France, you'll say Louvre. As I walked through the the, 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 all the beautiful places, and, and I said caverns, but there's no caverns there, there's rooms. And as you walk through the corridors, and you get to see all the paintings, and you, I mean, I'm talking Van Gogh, Monet, is one of those, uh, I forgot his name, hold on, Salvador Dali, I forgot his name, and my favorite, Da Vinci. I walked into this room, and it was a big room, completely empty, except for at the very back of the room, encased in a glass wall, was only one painting, and it was called the Mona Lisa. Ah, Da Vinci's Mona Lisa. He painted her, and she's hidden behind this glass, and you can't get anywhere near her. And everyone, probably a hundred people, stood back behind the glass and just watched, and looked, and studied, and took pictures. Only problem was they all used flash. Think about it. But I was the smart one. Liz, I went to the, to the uh, souvenir shop in the basement and I spied over in the corner a postcard costing 49 cents. I bought the postcard, Brianna. And when I bought the postcard, I took it home. I put it in a big frame with a mat around it, because everybody knows a mat around a picture makes it like classy. And I hung it on the wall in my house. This classic painting that you see that looks extremely priceless actually cost me about $2.75. Because you see, it's easy to make a copy, a fake photograph can become reality but it can't really be priceless anymore Mona Lisa is priceless that was two dollars because it's a copy but what's amazing is that it's made of this paper it's made of colors it's really made of all the elements that the real original Mona Lisa was made with. It's amazing to me how a painter, an artist, can take a paintbrush and normal, regular paper and literally begin to paint and create something beautiful and as they do and as it comes alive suddenly it becomes a Monet it becomes a Da Vinci it becomes priceless an artist takes normal everyday ordinary materials and transforms it into something very valuable.
priceless. Did you know that God is an artist? God is the master of taking ordinary, regular materials. And once he has used them and created them with them and put them all together, he creates a masterpiece. God is an artist. You say, well, how do you know? All through the Bible, listen to this. Psalms 19, verses one through five. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message is gone throughout the earth. Their words to all world, to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete, eager to run the race. God's glory and his craftsmanship is shown through all of his creation. And if we go all the way back to the very first five words of the Bible, the very first five words says, in the beginning, God created, designed, took ordinary materials and made something amazing and masterful out of it. Do you ever wonder what in the world was in the mind of God when he made you and me? I mean, what was he thinking? I mean, there are times I look at some people and I'm like, what was he really thinking? You know that scripture in the Bible that talks about you are a peculiar people? <laughs> Sometimes I keep score. <laughs> and I'm one of those people. God is an artist. And what tonight is about is showing you that you are God's masterpiece. He designed you, he made you, he created you. He put you together and made you just like you are. And God has got a plan and a desire to make your life count for something so far beyond what you have ever dreamed was possible. It starts with just ordinary materials, a blank canvas that suddenly becomes a masterpiece.
the master artist, creating a masterpiece, literally forming, designing our lives out of his own creative spirit. God who takes care of you and I in a beautiful way and makes it all. Didn't Richard do a great job with that? The idea of taking nothing and showing that we are designed by God. He's the master artist. And he literally is worked his life. The very heart of God, the mind of God is to create in us that we would look exactly like he desired. And he, all throughout his word, makes it clear he wants us to look exactly like him. His image. And so he takes his own hand, his own heart, his mind, his eye, and he looks down into our hearts and lives and he creates this beautiful masterpiece. Masterpiece. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7 through 10. Starting with the verse here, I'm going to read a scripture for our text tonight. Starting with verse 7 in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, So... God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done so none of us can boast about it. Verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Let me read that verse again. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. I don't know if you ever thought of yourself as being a masterpiece. I know I didn't. I've carried a lot of filters in my own mind, my own life concerning my circumstances that have caused me to have little less than the idea of being a masterpiece in my own mind concerning myself. But when I look into scripture, when I look at the world around me, and then I look at how God has blessed and touched my life and how he has kept me even through my own bad choices in life at times. Unbelievable the way God has made it very clear that he's got his hand on me in a very, very precise and detailed way. God's got a plan. God cares about who we are. You are one of a kind. Sometimes we feel and we are almost even told. Some kids have said, and I know growing up, they'd say, well, I was an accident. I don't believe anybody is ever an accident. I don't believe anybody was ever given life, given a body, given a mind, given a soul that didn't have a purpose and a destiny. God has a plan and a purpose for every human being. We're not some kind of copy or photocopy that isn't real, that isn't valuable. You are the real deal. God intended for you to be here. You may be going through the trial of your life and you may feel at times among the billions 
of people that are around you that you don't have a purpose or there's real no cause for you to be concerned with a destiny. But I want to let you know that you have a destiny. You have a purpose and you have a plan. God has intended for you to have the very best. I was flying in an airplane not too long ago and I was looking down from about 40,000 feet. And as I looked down on a large city, I saw the little cars and the little trucks and they weren't even as big as, as Matchbox. I mean, they were tiny. They looked like little ants. And as I gazed out the window and I stared down at the highway below me that was, that was trailing down through the city, I got a little sad. And I looked down and I said, how do you know where I'm at? How do you know where I am? How can you see me? My world seems to you know, evolve around me. I, I think about my world and it looks very large to me. But suddenly that day, looking down out of that plane's window and staring at cities that looked no bigger than that, I said, God, how do you know where I'm at? Then suddenly, into my believing heart, came these words rolling. He said, I knew you the moment you were born. He said, when you took your first breath, that was the acknowledgement of a soul. And he said, I count your hair. Number your hairs every single day. Every heartbeat in your body. I know its pattern. I know it. And then he spoke something else to me. He said, I know your name. And that's what did it for me. Kristen, when God spoke to my heart and he said, I know your name. And I was like, that is the most important. That is the most. Oh, this is way too loud. Bring me down. That is the most important message from heaven. The most important thing I know. Lenny, it matters. It matters when you walk into that hospital in Cincinnati. It matters to you that he knows your name. Or better yet, he knows Charlie's name. It matters. It matters that he knows about the day that you were born. And he knows the day that you take your last breath. The Bible says he knit us together in our mother's womb, Psalm 139. It talks about how he put us together and had us in his mind, Hannah. We can sometimes feel like we're drowning in our circumstances. But God says, I know your name. I know you. And better than that, Jeremiah 29 11 says, I even know the plan that I have. Have you ever looked up to heaven and said, God, what are you doing? What does this mean? 
God knows his plan. He says, plans to prosper you? He says, in Jeremiah 29, 11, proper, he says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, plans to give you hope and to give you a future. You are not a copy. You are not a fake. You are not a phony. You are the real deal. That real deal in France is behind a glass with an alarm, and no one's allowed to get anywhere near her. Mona Lisa can't be touched, but I can have this in my house for a couple of bucks. But know this about yourself. You are not a carbon copy. You are not a 49-cent postcard. You are not something that has been dressed up to look classy. You are the original. You are the masterpiece. He doesn't want you to walk around living in your life, living such a life that you don't know whether you're coming or going. You don't know what tomorrow holds. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to know that he knows your plan. He's got it marked out. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. He's had you in the palm of his hand. He says he engraves us engraves us into the palm of his own hand. He knows you. He loves you. He's got a plan for you, and he's going to help you to figure it out because part of our life is trusting him. And you say, well, why don't he just come down and tell me all the details? Because he can't. You couldn't handle it. You couldn't handle the truth. I sound like Jack Nicholson for a minute. You can't handle the truth. You couldn't take it if God came down and revealed everything to you. you. Your heart, your life, your mind, you couldn't contain it. You wouldn't sleep at night. If you knew you were going to be a millionaire by your 30th birthday, you would be planning it all out now. And if you knew that you were going to go through a loss or a tragedy, you wouldn't take another step. God knows the plan that he has for your life. Plans for good. Well, that settles the question about whether or not God means to harm you. Not for evil. Plans to give you hope. To give you a future. That's God's plan. And he wants you to live out your plan. Somebody has told you all your life you don't compare to other people. You're not supposed to be compared to anybody else. You are to live out your life and to live it out to the best of your ability. And when you stand before God, he's not going to look at you or me and he's not going to say, well, I wish you'd been a little bit more like Billy Graham. Well, I wish you'd been a little bit more like Mother Teresa. I wish maybe you'd been a little bit more like Angie Kelly or Melissa Turner or Angie Sackett. God's not going to say that. But what God might say is I wish that you had been a little bit more focused on what I had intended you to be. 
What does the God who made the heavens, the planets, the cosmos, thought up the idea of air, the heart, the baby? What does that God, that artist, have in mind for you? It's time to find out. It's time for you to stand up in your life, put your big pants on, and start figuring out what his plan is because he wants to do something amazing for you. He doesn't want you to compare yourself to anyone else. He wants you to be the original that you are. We compare ourselves to everything in this society. It's crazy. We compare ourselves to our neighbors. I, I, I was amazed one time, my next door neighbor, we're the only two people in my neighborhood who've got a hot tub. I had a hot tub because I ran into a really fantastic deal. My brother-in-law, yeah, he wasn't my brother-in-law then, but he gave me this fantastic deal on a five-man hot tub for $2,000. You can't get them for less than 10. So I paid him off over a couple of months, and it was great. I had this hot tub, and I was the stuff. About a year into my hot tub, suddenly there's gravel moving and a patio being built, and my next-door neighbor's out there, and all of a sudden you hear this beep, 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 and he's like, this way. Next thing I know, there's a hot tub just like mine. Our hot tubs are 10 feet away from each other. That's awkward. <laughs> Sometimes I go out and I'm like. And I'm like, and he was out there and he's like, yeah, <laughs> got to keep up with you. And I was like, yeah. That's when the screen went up, didn't it, Marty? <laughs> Marty helped me build a the screen, so I could kind of like, hello. <laughs> we compare ourselves to so many other people. He had to compare with me. He, he was like, well, I got to keep up with you. And, and I, the neighbor across the street from me, what is wrong with these people? I buy a brand new car. It's a black Chrysler 300. I'm excited. I've worked for 25 years to finally be able to get one. And I got a great deal. And I'm like out there and I'm polishing it. It's really nice. All of a sudden I turn around and the neighbor across the street has a 300 Chrysler. It's midnight blue. Blue. It almost looks black. As a matter of fact, if you know me, you know I'm colorblind. So I thought it was black. And I called my sister Angie and I said, Angie, my neighbor bought a Chrysler 300. My next door neighbor has my hot tub. Why does everybody want to be me? A little dramatic. But I did make the call. And so I'm out there and I'm like, and he's out there and he's like, hey, we got cars. I'm like, yeah, it's great, man. Look pretty car. I like it. 
obviously. <laughs> we compare ourselves all over the place. You know, every time I look at that, I'm seeing it more and more. You see the face of Jesus and then his hand painted? I'm like, yeah, that's good. Every time I turn around, I'm like, oh, that's good. And I thought he was mad and was taking it all apart, you know. And here he was making that. We never know what God's got underneath all the stuff. We never know what's under all the cardboard in our life. We never know what he's doing. Some of this, you know, he painted over some of this stuff. And when he did, I was like, why did he go to the trouble to paint on it if he was going to rip it off? But that's kind of like the layers of our lives, isn't it? Sometimes our circumstances look one way, but they're actually not going to be used for what the end product's going to be. Because God's got a plan. He's working this plan. And sometimes he asks you to trust him with some of the paint until he gets to the what? The world? Until he gets to the place where he is going to reveal the masterpiece. God has got a plan for your life. If you hear nothing else, I love what Stan Holder, Bishop Stan Holder said this morning when he said, I am a masterpiece because I am a piece of the master. Amazing. Oh, yeah, you clap for him. Yeah. I'm just kidding. We are a masterpiece. Quit comparing yourself to other people. Stop worrying about what everybody else has. Don't worry about what others can do versus what you can do. Somebody else may be able to be able to sing like Alyssa. Well, I doubt that Brad can sing like Alyssa, but you ought to see him swim in that fish tank up there. He's got it going on. He's got this talent and ability and he knows what he can do. And that's the same with each one of us. Find the thing that God has designed you for. Find what's underneath your cardboard. And let yourself rise up and shine and be the masterpiece that God has called you to be. You are timeless. He's called you to live for eternity. He's called you to never die. When you believe, you are given the gift of eternal life with God. And he has got a plan for you. Don't let the beggarly junk of this world keep you down. Rise up. You were never meant for the things here. You were never meant for the garbage of this life. You are meant for more. You're meant to be timeless. You're meant to be priceless. This thing costs a couple of bucks, but I couldn't walk in the Louvre and buy Mona Lisa for all the money in the world. That's what priceless means. Priceless means the value is so high that it can't be bought. I have a small little stuffed animal that my mom held in the hospital when she was dying. It was always with her. She would go to surgery and she would say, where is it? And we'd get it, and we'd put it right there by her, and she'd hang on to it. I have that thing to this day. You couldn't pay me for it. You couldn't give me enough money for it. It's priceless. So are you. So are you. Your value is so high. so far removed that you couldn't be bought for any price. That's why when God 
had to find a way to reconcile us. He sent his only son. He bought you with blood. Because it only makes sense. I mean, in order to get that little stuffed material from me, you'd have to kill me too. For something priceless. God loves you that much. And when people were in the worship and they're praising and we're singing about the love of God and the power of God, the presence of God, and you see people with their hand up. I see Tyler over here. Man, he is like, you can tell he is over here. And that guy, I mean, if you haven't figured him out yet, that guy is just busting to explode. He doesn't want to just, amazing grace. He doesn't want to just do this simple. He is like, God! You know why? Because he's got this thing inside of him that says, the devil tried to crunch me, destroy me. He tried to crush me in the dirt. He tried his best to ruin and destroy my life. If you know his testimony, he went through all of the things the enemy tries to do to snuff the very life out of you. And then he found Jesus, and Jesus picked him up, brought him out of all that, set him completely free. And he's over here wondering, how come you don't got a dance in you? How come you don't got a shake in you? How come you haven't got an excitement burning within you? Because he has found that God has set him totally free and he's going to live the rest of his life thanking him. If you and I live the rest of our life thanking God and doing nothing but worshiping and praising and dancing and jumping before him, we will never be able to thank him enough for what he has done for us. Never. If I take it. It's a $20 bill. Who wants this $20 bill? Several of you need to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> Who wants this $20 bill? Okay, hands down. <laughs> hands down. Who, who does not want this $20 bill given to you free of charge? Who doesn't want it? That's what I thought. Okay, the rest of you just don't know how to raise your hand. Now wait. Now, who wants this $20 bill? Did you get that on film? Oh, well, that's my nice shirt. No. <laughs> now, who wants this $20 bill? <laughs> Quit teasing. 
first person standing right here gets it. First person who runs and grabs it. Joe, it's your doll. It's your twenty dollars. Do you get the point? The value of that $20, no matter how many times it is crunched, crushed in the dirt, no matter how many times it's wrinkled up, it may have been eaten up and spit out by a million people. It may have been, it may have been knocked down. It may have been knocked out. It may be crunched up and it feels like it has no value. It may feel like it's as low as it can possibly be and in nothing but the dirt of life. But the value of that $20 does not change, correct? Oh, understand what I'm saying to you right now. The value of every single one of us, you, in this house tonight, your value does not change. No matter what the enemy has tried to do to you to knock you down. He may have crushed you. He may have, cr he may have crumpled you up. You may feel like you're in the dirt and you don't have nothing going for you. You may feel like you have been eat up and spit out by everybody. And you may feel like there's nothing left of value in your life. But understand this. You are much more valuable than a $20 bill. You belong to God and it matters to him that you live a life of success and that you become the thing that he has intended you to be. You are God's masterpiece. So quit listening to the enemy of your soul, that, the enemy that lies to you, the enemy that is determined that you are never going to become into your own. I'm telling you, you are priceless. You are priceless and you were made for so much more. You were made to be a part of something greater than yourself. You are made to be a part. Now, when, when Da Vinci was painting in the second floor of an Italian building all those years ago, that little woman who even knew who she was, she wasn't even, God bless her, attractive at all, but he's painting her, and as he's painting her, look at her. You wouldn't ask her out. <laughs> No, <laughs> sweetheart, <laughs> makeover, <laughs> makeover. But he had no idea when he took that canvas and he put that painting together, he had no idea that he was making something that would live on in infamy that would live on eternally, that to this day, hundreds and a thousand years later, this painting will still be priceless. I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know what you have felt. I don't know what kind of lies have caused you to feel like you need to be timid when you walk into a room or that you feel bowed down. Maybe your shoulders are so heavy. Maybe you can't look people in the eye. Maybe you can't hold a conversation. Maybe your circumstances have caused you to feel like you've got this big X on your shoulders or on your chest. Maybe you feel like you are worthless and you 
are nothing. But understand this, in the eyes of God, he has absolutely created you to be a masterpiece. And your value is much, much more than you ever dreamed possible. And it doesn't matter how hard you have been knocked down. Get back up and let God pour life and value back into you. He will clean up your mess. He will turn it around and he will give you a hope and a plan and a future yet, no matter what you've been through. Amen. That's God. For I know the plans that I have for you. None of it's circumstantial. He's made you with a purpose. And God is madly in love with you. Madly in love with you. Your circumstances may have made you feel like you're, you're the bad guy. Maybe you feel like you have just absolutely hurt everyone that you love. Maybe you have nothing that you feel you can stand on as far as a foundation. You are literally in the gutter. Rest assured, God still has a plan, and it can begin to change for you starting right now. Would you stand with me? That scripture that I read you, let me read it again. Verse 10, Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to go home and read it and memorize it. For we are God's masterpiece. Say that with me. For we are God's masterpiece. Say it again. For we are God's masterpiece. Look at somebody beside you and say that verse. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now listen, I'm fixing to blow your mind. That word, masterpiece, in the King James Version, it's called we are his workmanship. But the word is a word, a Greek word, that's spelled P-O-E-M-A, poema. And that word is where we get the word poem. A poem is a love letter. It is a group of words that are put from the, placed out from the heart to try to express an affection or a love or an admiration for something. God has let you know that your life is an expression of his love. It's an expression of his work. He wants you to know you are his poem. You are his love letter. You are his design. And he has this rich, wonderful, beautiful plan for you. Yet, you cry yourself to sleep. You are so depressed. You have gone through the battles. And you feel the war has left you wounded and beaten down. But understand, it doesn't matter. The child of God can look up to his daddy and can say, Father, here I am, wounded beaten down but oh I look to the master because he is able to take the paintbrush and the paint and he's able to turn around and change my entire picture he is going to turn it around for somebody here tonight it begins for you right here right now you thought all you had was just a blank canvas or a canvas that's already been used up but I'm telling you God's got a brush in his hand and he can do it again if he did it once, created it once, he can turn around and give you that plan that'll change your whole life. Because God don't do, and I've said this for years, 
God, don't do plan B. Not on you, not on you, and no one else I know. God, always, if plan A gets messed up, if choices cause it you to feel like plan A has been destroyed, God is the master. He's the artist. He's the designer, the creator. He just turns around and says, plan A. And he begins again. And he takes your life and begins to draw and paint and create a brand new life. That is what he promises. And if you will just have a tiny bit of confidence and faith in that hope and in that promise tonight, your life is going to matter and it's going to turn around starting right this very second. Bow your heads with me. If you'd say right now, not even thinking about who's standing in front of you, behind you, to the left or to the right, but if you would say, I am that person. I want to give God back the brush. I want to appeal to His mercy and love. I yet want to be the poem of God. And if that's you, I want you to stick your hand up as high as you can, as quickly as you can. Amen. 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 Oh my gosh. I can't even count you. All the hands. Keep them up. Keep them up. You're not lifting them for me. God's taking hold of you. He's taking hold of your finger. He's touching you like he did the Adam creation in the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican. He's literally taking hold of your hand right this very second. And God is turning it around for you. And then now lift up that other hand beside you. Lift it up to God. Lift it up to the artist. Lift it up to the artist. He's here for you tonight. He's going to turn it around now. I want you to do something else. I want you to get out. Meet me down here in the front. Just come. We're going to pray together. Everyone together. Just get out. I can't even see you. The lights are blinding me. But come on. From wherever you are, come down to the altar. Let's come together in this house. And let's believe the artist, the grand designer, to turn it all around for you tonight. You are no accident. You were not mass produced. You are not a product product of an assembly line. You were deliberately planned, created, designed, lovingly positioned with purpose. God has a plan for you and he is going to enjoy seeing your life turn around tonight. It's going to turn around. Are you ready? It's going to turn around. Are you ready? Are you ready? It's going to turn around. God's got the brush. God's got the brush. He's going to turn your life around. He's going to repaint your life. Are you ready for plan A? Nobody wants plan B, right? No plan B. Charlie, just no plan B. Plan A. Plan A. Lift up your hand. Get the, get the brush in your hand. You're going to give it back to God right now. God gets it. For Just pretend with me for a second. You got the plan. You got it. You're giving it back. You're giving it back. Hannah, it belongs to God. I want you to put this up and you hold that to your Father. Let Him give you a brand new plan. Hey, in the name of Jesus, you touch sweet, precious, precious Hannah, God. Lay your hand on her tonight. Lord, her circumstances have been so treacherous for her, so hard for her. But Lord, she is your poem. She is your poem, God. She is your love letter. I praise you and I thank you for the plan that you have for her. Touch her tonight by your Holy Spirit and be with her. Touch every person, every man, every woman, boy and girl in this house right now. Touch them. God, you're redoing their plan. You're turning it around. 
there is a, I believe there is a host of angels being dispatched from this very room tonight that are literally going on your behalf to give you a brand new life and a brand new heart. God is doing that right here, right now. Come on, put your hands together now. Let's give Him praise. Give Him honor and give Him glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I come to you tonight in the name of your Son. And Lord, we bring all of our crumpled up, dusty, dirty circumstances. Lord, we feel like we've been caught up with every wind that blows. But Lord, we see that our value still matters. Lord, I pray tonight. I pray that you will touch and minister to every person here. Give them new hope. Give them a grand new vision of the work that you're going to do in the canvas of their life. Touch them to be your masterpiece. Touch them, Father God, to be your grand design. And Lord, where they may have been crunched, they may have felt wadded up, they may have felt beaten down, Lord you are turning it around you're smoothing out the rough edges you're making the crooked places straight you're turning it around for them and you're writing at the top of their life you're writing plan A all over again I thank you for that tonight Lord I honor you Jesus and I bless your name we praise you and honor you for the gift that is ours the gift of life and life more abundant it doesn't matter where the enemy has stolen, where he has destroyed, or where he has even killed. It doesn't matter. What matters is your promise. The tag on the end of the enemy's work is life and life more abundant. So we honor you tonight. We bless you as your poem, as your love letter. We honor you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 I want you to turn to somebody, shake their hand or hug their neck one. And I want you to tell them you are a masterpiece. And now, let me tell you just a little bit about what our hope is. Number one. I'm going to tell you what I did with the band. I met him back in the choir room and I said, guys, I said, here we are, man. We're, this is an experiment. I don't know how it's going to work. I mean, I didn't say all those words, but basically what I said was, if we only have five people that show up tonight, I said, if only five, maybe 10, then we'll consider it a success. And they all said, yes, amen, praise God. And we prayed. And I walked out of that choir room and I said, five people, just five people. And I walked into the gym and I was like. And I look around at you tonight. And what I say is, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, James, for coming tonight. 
Thank you, John, Tiffany. Thank you, Melissa, Stephen. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Thank you, sweet Hannah. You worked harder than anybody to be here tonight. And we're so glad you're here. We need one another. We need each other. This group, the mix, it's about building a bridge for us to reach out to one another and make connection because we all need each other. I need you and you need me. We need as the body, especially in these rough days, we need to be together. We need friendships. I want us to make some commitments together. I want this to be a safe zone. That means nobody's allowed to not like anybody. If you're all in, let me see your hand. Nobody's allowed to not like anybody. Doesn't that feel good? Put them up again. This is a like everybody zone. All right, hands down. I want this to be a no gossip, no backbiting, no tail bearing, no tearing somebody down, no talking behind somebody's back. I want this to be a safe zone. We're going to say a no talk back law. I just made that up. But how many are in? How many are in? I mean, you're going to have to keep, it's going to have to be creative. You're going to have to go to lunch with people and not talk all the stuff you used to. You're going to have to talk about sales at Walmart or something. Safe zone. I want this to be a place, a safe zone where we pray for each person that comes to our mind or that asks for prayer. How many are all in? A praying zone. A praying zone. I want it to be, here's the hardest one. This is the heart. Now think before you lift your hand. This is going to be a tough commitment. I want this to be a fun zone. A fun zone. A laughter zone. A joyful zone. A play zone. I want it to be a place where we literally are safe and having a blast. How many are all in? Awesome. We're going to have some exciting stuff take place. We're going to plan events, activities. We're going we're gonna to do movie nights. We're going to do hangout nights, guy nights, girl nights, married with kid nights. We're going to have, some of us are going to babysit while some of you married couples are going to go out and smooch in your car. You know, and you're going to have a, a grand time hanging out with each other. I want you to take her to dinner. I want you to buy her a flower. And I want you to just hang out and have fun. And we're going to babysit. You will trust me with your kid. And then there's going to be a night when you're going to do the babysitting. And we're going to let, you're going to let your husband or you're going to let your wife go out and hang out with all the girls or all the guys. Girls with girls, guys with guys. And we're going to have a blast. We're going to have Bible studies, small groups. We have the mix. The mix Sunday school class is going to be starting right away. Angie and Marty Tacky. 
are going to take over the brand new mixed Sunday school class. Give it up for Angie and Marty. We're going to do small groups. There are going to be at least three to begin. Three small groups will be announcing who and where and what you do to sign up. The small group is going to be there to start the fellowship. I'm hoping we have a hundred small groups by the end of the year, but we're going to start with three. And we're going to work hard to stay together, play together, pray together, and have a blast. So I want you to be all in. If you want to, if you want to lead, none of the positions have been filled. They're all open. If you want to serve as a volunteer in the mix, it's open. But you got to let me know you want in. If you want to do something, because some of you, you've already said to me, you've said, you know what, I serve in this ministry and that ministry and that other ministry, and I'm in four ministries right now, and really what I want mixed to be is I want it to be just something for me. I just want to go and receive. I just want to go and get in the worship and hear the word. I want to laugh. I want to just have fun. I want to eat tacos. I want to just have fun. And that's okay. If that's what you need, then that's okay. But if you want to serve, you want to be a volunteer, you have to let us know. Go to the Mixed Facebook page, drop your name in there, drop it by the office. And here's another thing. I want you, if you're on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, I want you to get out there and I want you to post your pictures. I want you to put out there how much fun you had, how much you loved my shirt. I want you to put all kinds of information. I want to show you something. This shirt, now come on. I bought this just for tonight. And look, I'm going to show you something really cool, okay? Do you see that, that lion on the inside of my shirt there? I'm not showing my chest. I'm just... Do you see that lion right there? Yeah, it's a lion right there. Yeah, you see that? Post that. No, don't post that. I bought this shirt just for tonight because this is special. I've been waiting on this since October. At first, where's Alyssa's on the keyboard back there? I first asked Alyssa to help me. And the two of us have been planning and dreaming for the last several six months, eight months. And tonight's the launch. And I would say, look around. I would say it is a complete success in every way. We had well over, over, I wanted five. We had well over 100 that came back to eat tonight. God has blessed and given us his approval and we are moving forward. And we're going to make sure you understand the very next event. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna put a little bug in your ear right now. We've had such tremendous support and we've loved Coach Brian Bales has done such a great job for Franklin High School basketball and for co the coaching world. He's All-American Coach of the Year. He's got so many certificates, there's not room enough to put him on. They've got him on WLW. They've got him on ESPN. They've got him on TV shows and in newspapers and articles. And guess what? Next month, he's going to be a guest here at Mix. And we're going to interview him, and we're going to let him be at his own church and receive some honor. How about that? Isn't that great? I think that's awesome. He's a coach's coach, and he is a friend, and he is a leader. And if he's going to speak in all those places out there, daggone it, he should speak here. So we're going to have him here as one of our guests, and we're going to have some worship. We're going to have some food. Don't know what next month's theme is just yet, 
but we'll figure it out. If you have an idea, let me know. And we're going to get together. We're going to have fun. And with that, I'm going to end with a prayer I want us to pray every single time we leave. The prayer that Jesus showed his disciples, Debbie, when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, when you pray, pray this. Let's say it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being in the mix tonight. Hey, and when you post, which you will, you will post. And when you do, put the hashtag Strat Mix. That's what we're going to go with. Forget the others. Strat Mix. One word. S-T-R-A-T-M-I-X. Strat Mix. Say it. Strat Mix. All right. God bless you. We'll see you next time.